Welcome to the Midwest Game Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, John. Here with me today are Brian. Hey. And Alex. Hello. Today we're going to talk about some game news and some death loop spoilers. But before we get to all of that, if you want to follow us on social media or see other places you can listen to or watch a show, check out MidwestGameNerds.com slash links. The Midwest Podcast Network now has a Patreon. The Patreon is meant to benefit all the shows on our network. You can subscribe for as little as $1 a month and help keep our shows alive and well. Check it out at npn.bz slash Patreon. Thanks again to Jason Gay, Tom Z, Chris K, and Alan K for their contributions. One of the perks to joining the Patreon is you get early access to our bonus episodes that we call Side Quests. Tom did say he would pay us more to not do our hot tub uh, hot tub stream, but uh, <laughs> if if we get more subscribers, we may still do a hot tub stream. So, uh, something to yeah. think about. And, uh, yeah, Side yeah, Quests. Tom, you gotta put your money where your mouth is. Yeah, put your money... Like- <laughs> If you don't do the $50 tier for, like, the rest of the year, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Uh, yeah, the side quests, if you're not familiar, are, are off-week episodes where we mostly talk about food and beverages. Mostly beverages, I think. Uh, and this week, we're going to talk about um, poorly wrapped cheeseburgers and some other... Pepsi Bismol. And Pepsi Bismol, yeah. Uh, and some other stuff. So, feel free to check it out. You can get early access to those side quests uh the the day after our normal episodes come out via the patreon or you can just wait on the off weeks to listen to them as well uh as always we do appreciate we do appreciate your feedback which you can send to midwestgamers at gmail.com don't forget to follow us on twitch as well as rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher tom did uh hit us up via the email i believe to tell us uh, uh he, he was messaged discord? me on discord ah, privately, yeah. but we would still love to hear more from people about from anybody, the discussion yeah. that was at the uh in general yes but then also about the discussion that was in at the end of the last side quest which i think i titled subscription itis yes and we're going to talk about oh. that some more today too in the side quest. oh good i have good. an update all right so uh yeah uh alex any other bumpers for the network Yes, uh, there's a new honor roll from Tim on the horror movie yearbook feed where he talks about uh, James Wan's Malignant and Nia DaCosta's Candyman, uh, so please check that out as well. Candyman. Uh, they did an episode on Brotherhood of the Wolf, and they have a tiny terror out about the Motor City Comic-Con lineup. I forgot lineup. about Brotherhood of the Wolf. That is a fantastic movie. <laughs> it's a good uh, episode. You should you should give it a yeah, listen. Yeah, I'm going to have to rewatch the movie first, I think, and then I'll, I'll listen to the episode for sure. But I, I remember seeing that in theaters, being really excited to see that movie in theaters. I also found out in a recent episode, I don't remember which one it was, but both Willie and Tim stated they are fans of Keeping the Faith, which I figured was a movie that only five people have seen, even though it was like really? Edward Norton's directorial debut. I've my, seen it. It's my so, favorite movie of all time. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was nice okay. to hear uh, that they that they enjoy that movie as well. Uh, and they're going to be doing their next episode on the Netflix interactive movie uh titled escape the undertaker which is it's a wwe joint you have to help the new day what it's like it's like bandersnatch but wwe i I believe it is what interesting i didn't even know about that um i believe it is out as of this past week maybe that's awesome uh yeah check it out if you're interested in that sort of thing very cool um no new film nerds at the moment. I think we're going to get together and talk about Shang-Chi at some point before it hits uh, Disney+. Plus. And then um, that's about it for now. Yes. Very so, cool. There you go. Um, 
Yeah, what have we been playing? We well, obviously you guys played and wrapped up Deathloop. We'll yeah, get into I think that. we'll save the spoilers for that for the end of the episode. We'll have it time stamped as well. So uh, I don't want uh, I don't want anybody to worry about hitting pause or anything. It'll just be at the end after we talk about news, so we can talk about Deathloop then. But right on. Um, well, I did play uh, more Division, uh, and I've been flip flopping between PC and PS5. Just because I, I wanted to, I couldn't remember where I left off on, on PC in Warlords in New York. But it's, uh yeah, it's that it's so, the world is so great in that game because, and this is how I know this, is because when I sit down to try and figure out where I am, all I can do is just explore and like look around and just like go around places. And I'm still finding secret areas that I didn't know existed before. And in the New York setting, like I had mentioned before, it's not as wide of an area. Like it's not the it's not as is like uh, vast of an area, but is so much more vertical. So you're climbing up yeah. into buildings and climbing like vent ventilation shafts and all kinds of stuff. So it's just it's cool to have like a different um, a different scenery in that particular game, even though it's not really different but it it is because it's not the original division game it's like a different section of new york well it's uh, yeah and it's also like you know dc was also an, an urban setting but the idea that they put more thought into the level design and how the verticality would work as opposed to having something more sprawling i think yeah. always kind of like spruces things up a bit and i, I really like the the story arc of warlords in new york because it's very like it's it's like bounty hunter based where you're like hunting these heads of of Aaron Keener's like sect of rogue agents and you're trying and each of them has like a different ability set that you can then um like you learn something from each of them as like a, a like a mod to your gadgets and shit like that but um it just like it made it more it felt more personal because you were putting like like names especially like Aaron Keener's from like the first game so like mm -hmm. they're bringing back people from the first game to like reintroduce them to you or to introduce them to new players who've never played the first game mm -hmm. and it just like because of the faces and the names and like just what you're doing it feels so much more personal than it than like the regular game does like the regular game is cool and fun and it's great to explore and like you know, take over the control points and do all the things, but like for some reason, Warlords just does a really good job of making it feel like you're really in it. You know, so well, whenever like a game actually, when a series, I, I guess as well, really like makes it worthwhile that you've played the previous entries and yeah. like actually draws upon that knowledge, I feel like it always does a good job of like, you know connecting you further to what they're trying to do yeah i mean it's not like they're actively removing sections of the game shots yeah. fired. well i mean speaking of more shots fired it'd be really nice if you told me when you're playing on pc i literally it was the sort of thing where i sat down i was really just watching Corey play destiny on twitch and i was like well while i'm sitting here and i like you know i had to update the game which took like an hour for whatever reason and then I literally just kind of jumped in it to play it for fun. Oh, and the other, I it also took me like 25, 30 minutes to figure out how to set reset up the two-factor authentication on Ubisoft uh, <laughs> in order for me to log in and actually play it. So that was cool because um, it wouldn't let me at first because I switched phones. That's fun. Um, 
but yeah, it was just like I just jumped in it. Like the one one of the three times I played video games in the past two weeks, that was one of the things I did. Was I hopped on while Corey was playing Destiny and was like chit chatting with him and his homies, and then playing Division by myself, just exploring. And I think you were you had been on earlier. I think I saw you playing with them earlier, and then you were gone. So I just figured you were going to bed. But, mm. but yeah, it's Division Two is great. It's such a like what a what an awesome game. And it's it's always going on sale, and I'm surprised more people don't play it and talk about it. But I love it. It, it yeah. keeps me playing. Curious so. to see what happens with that series. Even like all of these like weird live service games, and when they're deciding to start becoming kind of free to play, and also like will they make another sequel, or is it just going to be content expansions, that kind of stuff? It's interesting right. to see some of that starting to shake out a little bit. But well, it's just the the world of the division is always like the control points are always being recaptured by the enemy. So like you can always Mm -hmm. roll back through and do those things. And like the strongholds are like a lot of fun, like because they're challenging and you can increase the challenge. It's very, I mean, they're all very similar in the sense that like you can, you're replaying a lot of things that you've already done, but like increasing the level of difficulty. But like this, this game, I like the AI is better than the first game, which is good. And they do a like a, like, an insane job of like flanking you and mm-hmm. just like mm-hmm. trying to trap you in areas like the enemies are so much more intelligent or at least it seems they are they're just programmed better i don't know if it's intelligence necessarily but they just they're it's crazy because you'll be I, I ran into an, a control point area where i was like i think i was like 10 levels below what i needed to be in order to take over the control point but you can still do damage and hurt the enemies even though they're that much stronger than you you know, they had skulls as like their level. So mm-hmm. I, I knew they were higher level than me. But if you know how to manipulate the area around them flanking you and everything, then you can take over. Like there's no restriction to doing the thing that needs to be done. Even when the levels are higher, it's just harder because yeah. like they, they do more damage. You're not doing as much damage, but they are super smart in how they react to whatever you're doing, whether you're throwing grenades or I use the turret, so if I'm setting up the turret, whoever the strong arm guy usually is runs after my gadgets to try and smash them. Mm-hmm. So they do a good job of having somebody going after the gadgets. But then also the rest of the team is flanking you on either side around whatever cover you're behind. Like, And if you have a healing gadget dropped, they try to smash that first before they come after you. Like, they're, It's a very, it can be a very difficult game, but that challenge is very fun. It, it, like, it's not it, just people shooting at you from behind cover until yeah, you kill them. It does That's get cool. frustrating when, like, when whenever you pop out to cover, they're behind cover, and then when you duck down to like reload, they pop out and shoot at you, and then like as soon as you pop back up, they duck back down. Like, there is mm-hmm. a little bit of that shitty back and forth. Yeah, but then, but then you guys start flanking each other, and then you're out in the open, and you know you're 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 strifing or you know circle strifing around them and firing and like it just it feels more like a like a fun like actual firefight as opposed to like some of the other bullshit you get in certain games that's cool it's not like uncharted where they just spawn a shotgun guy behind you and then he kills you and yeah you start it over again right yeah speaking of that it makes me think like why is the other D word game, uh, Destiny? Like, why is the AI so like lame and predictable? I, that's one thing that's always kind of bugged me because Halo had like pretty good AI, 
like all the Halo games, like the like the enemies did interesting things and they just don't in Destiny and they never have. They're just kind of static. Yeah, I don't it's know. more like bombarding you with huge amounts of enemies and just because making you deal with the it. real enemy is the random number generator. I would I would venture to guess with Destiny, knowing that they've always had issues with their custom engine and all of that shit, that chances are they just don't have the bandwidth to have smarter enemies. Because the world that like the physics and everything in Destiny all of the the rendering and everything they have going on in that game is extremely good. Like it is a beautiful game. It it looks great, it plays great. You know, they put a lot of time and investment into uh making sure the guns all feel really good and like the abilities look cool and every like there's all these other like they put a ton of work into everything in that game and it like the AI just seems like they kind of phoned it in because they were just like, as long as everything else is really fun, this part won't matter as much. So yeah, but I don't, yeah. I don't know. I don't work for Bungie, and uh, I don't play that game. So what do I care? Um, I guess the new expansion might change that because you're gonna be fighting Hive Guardians, which are supposed to behave like actual players. Yeah. So th- that should be interesting. And I feel like they, they have the chops to pull it off based on what they did with the halo enemies and stuff. Uh, and they have made, made a lot of engine changes, which might allow for them to uh, expand that sort of behavior, enemy behavior. I mean, it'd be interesting to know, like now destiny has been around for what, eight years going on, right? As a franchise. Yeah. I think it's seven, seven going on eight, maybe, but like they, so they've spent all this time. I'm sure they've they have like, you know, how many hours of like watching people play and like just you know the metrics of like what everyone does in game. I'm sure they could map an AI based off of actual player use. You know what I mean? Like the, the, that technology mm-hmm. has to exist at this point to just like watch other players play and like recreate. I, I think, but like judging by like on the first game, how like it would take them. Um, apparently a decade to open a map to like edit anything on it. I don't really know that they took that data or have it in any usable form. <laughs> so like, I don't know. Like it, it did, it did sound like when I was hearing the news about the, the recent expansion, like Brian was saying, it sounds like they're trying to um, make it more challenging in that sense of you actually feeling like you're fighting other guardians. So I think, you know, it sounds like that's become a bit of a priority for them to try and make that better. But yeah, I don't know that like one of the things you always hear about when there's new consoles is like, oh, it's so much more powerful and it's going to allow them to make much more like deep AI. And like, usually it's just like, no, it's just got more uh, P's on it. It's not 1080p anymore. It's for 1080p's or like, you know, it for some reason that complexity i feel like for the most part if it's not graphical it kind of goes unnoticed by a lot Mm -hmm. of people and therefore like nobody wants to dedicate that much resources to it but uh yeah so i don't know i don't know yeah that kind of dovetails with the discussion about metroid dread a little bit that game's not out yet i haven't played it but i'm going to when it comes out this friday october hell yeah um 
I would play it if I had a Switch. Like the 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 main thing about Metroid Dread is there's a Mr. X kind of thing about it where they have robots that are going to follow Samus in certain yeah. areas, and you have to like you can the ammo to kill them is very scarce, and Metroid Dread itself was an idea that was around back when Metroid Fusion and Metroid Zero Mission came out for the Game Boy Advance, but the director of those games didn't wasn't satisfied like he wanted to have a mechanic like that and you can see a little bit of it in metroid fusion where like the sax parasite that is like a copy of samus appears in that game in certain sections and will come after you if you like you have to avoid it in certain areas but the constancy of what it sounds like dread is going to do was not possible on the GBA and then they tried again on the DS supposedly and he still didn't like it and then finally when Mercury Steam made Samus Returns the remake of 2 back in like 2017 2018 whenever that was that's when the director of the Metroid series was like you guys should make Metroid Dread these are my ideas and now this is the game that we're going to get so that complexity of AI question I think is always interesting and the fact that like he was literally fighting against the resources available in the system up until recently in terms of Nintendo, um, I think is interesting. Not to say that he probably couldn't have made it for, like, Wii U or whatever, but the the handheld-slash-TV format of the Switch, I think, has finally kind of allowed them to be like, yeah, we can make a side-scrolling Metroid for, for our <laughs> normal mainline console. So I'm very excited for it, if you couldn't tell. Hell yeah. What else do we want to talk about? We want to talk about that Final Fantasy one. How, Brian, what have you been playing? I was going to say, I didn't really play much other than what we've talked about yeah, playing, well. but I did re reinstall <laughs> Bioshock 2, mm. the remastered, because apparently I own that. I don't remember buying it, but uh, I, um, I'd never played through that one, and I was just kind of itching for like another like immersive sim kind of style game mm. to play. And, th- and those are kind of like that. Um, so yeah, I started that. It's pretty ugly, <laughs> even the remastered version. So I might see if I can find some mods or something, but uh, so it's tolerable though. And, and um, I don't know. I always heard that it was like pretty good. It's just people kind of slept on it. Like, yeah, I, I had heard that like, while it was enjoyable, it wasn't like the leap forward that Bioshock felt like, right? Yeah. And so it was disappointing to some. But I've also heard that like Minerva's Den, which is one of the DLC packs for Bioshock 2, yeah. is one of the best DLC packs to ever have been released. Yeah, so I heard that been too. I'm curious about it, but I haven't played it at all. I guess the multiplayer was really good too, mm-hmm. but that is no longer functional. That's a and actually, it isn't even part of the remastered version. Um, but Minerva's Den is part of it, so I could, uh, check that out. I feel like it's not worth checking out until playing through the game, but, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to give it a try. Like I maybe at one point when I had it installed and made it a couple hours in and then quit for some reason. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, cool. Um, other than that, I, well, that's it, really. I installed Sable. I don't know if you guys have heard of that. I have. It's on Game Pass, right? Yeah, but I haven't tried it yet. It's got a very cool art style. Yes. It's but supposed to be like a 
open world exploration kind of game, but there, I don't think there's really any combat. Yeah. So, but it looks really nice. Very pretty. Um, that's all. Cool. I have played a couple things. Speaking of Metroid, as I was, I started, I finished other M, uh, and that was good. I still think it's a better game than it is a story. Um, but I, I, Enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I was going to, given my conceptions about it before I had played it. Um, but then I moved on to Metroid Prime. I started, or and I finished Metroid Prime 1 as a part of the Metroid Prime trilogy that was on the Wii, which did adapt the Metroid 3, Metroid Prime 3 controls from the Wii game to the earlier two entries in the, in the game. And I, I think it controls quite well. Um, it's, it's a nice uh, implementation of the Wii controls for the Metroid Prime kind of That's, shooter. You're actually using the Wii mote to like aim, right? To aim, yeah, and it still has like a lock-on button that'll center the point of interest in the like your enemy or whatever you're fighting or shooting at in the in the center of the screen. So it's got a little bit of that too, but then you also just kind of have a quicker. Um, it's closer to using a mouse in Metroid Prime than Metroid Prime was, right? Because you were using the GameCube yeah. analog sticks in order to try and do some of that stuff. So it's it's kind of nice to to play it in that way, and and I think it works pretty well. Um, but yeah, Metroid Prime still very good. Uh, m- not sure if I'm going to play through two and three yet. I might wait until Metroid Prime Four uh, maybe gets re shown since they restarted development on that um, not too long ago, but. Yeah, Metroid Prime is very good, and then to kind of take one from the uh, news, um, I picked up the Castlevania, let me see what it's actually called on the Switch. It also came out on PC and PlayStation, I think. It's like the Advanced Saga or something like that. Castlevania Advanced Collection. Advanced Collection, which comes with Castlevania Circle of the Moon, which was a launch title for the Game Boy Advance. Um, Harmony of Dissonance and Aria of Sorrow, which are three of the more um, critically acclaimed titles after Symphony of the Night, and they very much take a lot of uh, stuff from Symphony of the Night. Uh, It also includes Dracula X. I think it's the Super Nintendo version, which is not the PC Engine version that everybody loves, um, but I have not played either of them, so... Um, but I am going through Circle of the Moon because I'm in my Metroidvania mode right now. I'm going to be Metroidvania out, Metroidvania'd out uh, at some point in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, as soon as Dread drops, and then you're just like, I'm yeah. done. I'm over <laughs> this. I'll be like, no, they're going to put Mr. X in it. I'm going to be like, I can't do this. This is too much. Um, Circle of the Moon feels a little bit bare bones, but John, I think you'd really like these games. I think I tried playing Circle of the Moon back in the day, and I don't know what it was that I, maybe I was expecting it to be more like Symphony of the Night, and it's not. It's a very different game. It's a little bit, the interesting thing about Symphony of the Night is that it takes RPG mechanics and like equipment equipment items and things like that into account in a metroid setting where in metroid like you're getting a certain type of beam or your morph ball mechanic or whatever you get like core mechanics to the game but you're never like getting granular control over like your armor and the type of weapon and stuff like that symphony of the night kind of took that metroid scheme and gives you like hey you now have double jump or you can press down up and jump real quick and it'll shoot you to the top of the screen or whatever that is 
but then it also gives you the ability to find different pieces of armor that kind of change how your character works. Elucard levels up, and it never really means much, but the numbers do go up, and it makes you kill monsters faster and things like that. And so Circle of the Moon is a little bit more in between those because you're still finding armor and things, but you're only ever using a whip. However, it has this thing called the dual setup system where certain monsters that you fight can drop kind of like these tarot cards. And there's one set of them that's all uh, kind of planetary gods, like Greek god cards. And then there's another set of cards that's just like animals. And there's like 12 of each in the game or something like that. But you're selecting one of each of those sets and they all kind of do different things. Like I have one planetary card that's like, I think it's might be Mercury. I don't know. Mercury is the whip modifier. So then you put Mercury with your salamander card. And that means you have a fire whip when you turn on that thing. That's cool. Or you can go to the next one that has uh, ice and you have the ice whip, which can also freeze enemies and allow you to traverse further in like the more vertical screens and things like that. So that, and then there's other ones that are like, there's a defensive one, which I think is Venus. And like, when you put that one on and you put the salamander card on, then you have two flames that circle around you and they'll hit the enemies that are close enough to you, that kind of thing. So those modifiers, I think make it really interesting too. So it's kind of like, it's not quite symphony of the night, but it's also not all the way back to super Metroid. And I I kind of like where it sits in between those two and like i remember playing that game at launch i bought it with my original game boy advance and i really enjoyed it um i never got to harmony of dissonance or aria of sorrow so i'm interested to check those out i think those two are ones that people are way more um enthusiastic about compared to circle of the moon yeah Um, so i'm interested to try those out too but i think the collection was like 20 bucks um, it's got some really nice features. You can rewind because I think M2 made it. They're the guys that did some of the other stuff. Yeah, where you, you can, can like, you can do a save state like before a single hit and reload, and then you can mm-hmm. rewind. And I think there's a fast forward too, isn't there? I did not or see no. one in Circle of the Moon. I don't know if that's true for the other two or yeah, not. Yeah, I, I may still is, I, like I, I may still end up picking that up. I actually watched like a it was like a Dracula X like documentary thing <laughs> on YouTube, and they were talking mm-hmm. about like. Dracula X and Symphony of the Night and like their the roles they played in like the Castlevania like just development of like a Castlevania game something about how like they wanted to have a more elaborate menu system but when they just they just didn't do that so that's why the menu looks so plain in the game is like (laughs) they just they just didn't end up updating it like they took all these weird little shortcuts but how Symphony of the Night is just one of the greatest games of all time and yada yada and then like I was reading I think it was just from that like the latest news articles talking about Konami wanting to re- uh, revitalize their their franchises but I want to go back and play like the Lords of Shadow like the those two yeah. 3D Castlevania games because I know multiple people who have played them who said they're fantastic. Yeah. So well and they I think at least one of them was produced by Kojima and I've always been fascinated by that but I've never played it. I think it was at least the first Lords of Shadow. Yeah. I can't remember if both of them are. But then they also kind of went back around, and I think on the 3DS they made a Lords of Shadow that was a side-scroller game, <laughs> and I heard it was not very good, so I've never gone to yeah. play it. I think it was made by the Mercury Steam guys as well, if I remember correctly, the ones who've gone on to do Metroid, so they've clearly gotten better at what they were doing, but um, yeah, I don't know. I love the the Castlevania series and this, uh, this advanced collection. I've been hearing rumors of it, but it kind of hit while I'm in the middle of this Metroid hole, and uh, it might be a good... A good side hole to fall down in the Metroid hole. So yeah, for sure. Um, 
But yeah, the only other thing that I checked out, and John, I know you also checked out, you played more of it than I did, was the Strangers of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin Trial Demo 2. Yes. Which is available for, I think, through October 11th, is what I heard. And the game is finally going to come out in March of 2022, March 18th, I think. Um, but this is the thing, I think we previously called it a remake of Final Fantasy 1, but it's actually not. It is like a full re-envisioning of like the first Final Fantasy. It's in the world of Final Fantasy 1, but I think they did finally come out and say, because everybody was guessing, I think you are playing the villain of Final Fantasy 1. Your character is the villain in Final Fantasy 1 before he becomes that villain so you're the like, warriors of light but then like you turn dark you're not the warriors of light but you're, you are because literally as you f- get up to fight garland if you really? haven't gotten that far in the demo when you when you go to fight garland your sassy little psychic guy is like we are the warriors of light or whatever the fuck like he gets well, all he gets all fucking ferndale on everybody and like <laughs> maybe maybe i'm trying to ascribe too much uh meaning to something that can't actually endure that you're literally you get to because you're okay let's we'll get with this is this is all besides the point it's all kind of beside the point yeah Yeah. so this is final fantasy in the realm of like the first the very first final fantasy game and it's basically dark souls yeah not only that but also co-op dark souls like you can team up with two other people and roll through that game in a multiplayer fashion. Oh, I didn't realize that was a, an aspect of it, but that's really cool. Um, yeah. And it's uh, the tutorial is like explain the first tutorial they throw you in just explains the combat systems, which are fairly simple, but can become more complex as you move through and collect more abilities and things. There's a job system for the characters, so you can flip from being like a fighter to a, a warrior, which is different than a fighter, to a uh, a lancer, to a, a mage, which then can like branch off into being a black mage, a white mage, or a red mage. You can be a pugilist or like hand-to-hand combat for those who aren't familiar with that terminology brian you probably know that because that term was coined in your era in the 1800s probably um (laughs) and then they have like the duelist which is like a dual wielding job system i'm assuming there's more jobs that i haven't seen yet there's a pretty elaborate equipment system in terms of different pieces of gear that you pick up will affect the different jobs that you have and um you get a there's a lot of loot like there's a lot of loot which is not something you ever really saw from final fantasy like they give you potions and like phoenix downs all the time in battles but like in this year like i feel like i was getting a new piece of armor after every encounter that i had so i'm i felt like i was constantly going into the menu to like switch things up the system seemed a little bit much for me personally like i'm not really into anything that's like that system heavy which is weird because in the division somehow I, I am into that, but like in this, it's a it's just a different. It, there's just it, it's not just you're not just crunching some numbers and seeing stats go up and down. Like you're actually there's actually like bonuses based on the type of armor you're wearing for the job you're playing and everything like that. Yeah. Um. There's a lock on system. You hit R three just like in any Dark Souls Souls game. Hit R three to lock on. It reminds me a lot of Neo because it had a mission based map system like Neo mm-hmm. did. So it's not totally open world. Um, graphically, I don't think it's the greatest looking thing, but I was playing for, I, well, I flipped it to quality, not performance. Cause I wanted to see, and I don't feel like it was very good looking. It looked dated to me. 
it it's a little weird the way it looks and i think it'll get better i think they optimized it a little bit from the first demo which i didn't have a chance to play but that's yeah. what i heard from some of the people but no like i bounced off you you got way further me, than me i bounced off of this after like 30 minutes because i was like oh there's there's that many systems in this game with that much depth and i was just like i can't there's not i can't no i'm reading dune right now i can't learn these proper the, the tough, so like the tough thing for me about like the game the specifically the fighting which is very soulsy like you're you, you know there there's attack like you can get locked in like action lock you know or mm-hmm. attack lock or whatever but you can actually cancel it uh yeah. you can cancel it mid animation by flipping jobs so each your main character can flip between two different job systems uh, so you can be like a fighter with like mage capabilities or like a fighter with lancer capabilities. And in order to do that, like you may be in a chain, like you're doing chain combos, much like in Final Fantasy seven remake, where you're like you're chaining mm-hmm. together attack combos. But then when you hit triangle, it'll flip jobs and it'll, it'll break the animation lock so that you can try like do something else. And it gives you some kind of speed bonus or some kind of like other bonus to doing that. Like if you do it at the right time, it actually helps you. Um, there's there's like two different blocking systems one of them is a standard like weapon block which is kind of cool like it just i mean well, not kind of cool it's just a weapon block is nothing special the other blocking system is one where you actually absorb the ability of an enemy and then launch it back at them which is kind of mm, cool yeah yep. so like if you're defending normally you're hitting uh l1 and he'll hold up his sword or whatever weapon he has to block and then the other one when an enemy sh- like I, I fought this like uh it was like a, what do you call it? Like a griffin or something like that in the castle. Okay. And the griffin had this wing attack that would like launch like, you know, green blades at you. And all of the abilities are like color coded so you know what element they are. So he's doing like this this blue green colored attack, which was an air attack. And I when you hold down circle, like you hit circle just as that attack is about to strike you, you absorb it. And then if you hit square right after, it launches it back at the enemy. And you can do that to any elemental attack. That gets mm-hmm. sent to you or any special attack that gets hit like thrown at you um if the goblins are throwing stones at you you can catch the stone and throw it back at them basically that sort of thing um it, it has a very elaborate fighting system that is very different from souls games but still it feels familiar which is cool yeah the, yeah. the downside i think is i felt like it was harder to um in Souls games, you can basically draw single enemies away from larger groups. And in this, like, as soon as you, like, aggro one particular enemy, they all kind of, like, shift and look at you and come after you. So, like, if you go into a room that has, like, three or four goblins, you can't just pick off one of them. you got to fight all four of them. Uh, it got really intense in a hallway that I was in where the entire hallway was filled with grass and there were bombs, like the big bomb enemies, you mm-hmm. know? Yep. They just look like flaming balls with, like, arms and eyes. Yep. And... If they launched fireballs at me, they would catch all the grass Burn on the fire grass. along yeah. the way to me. And so then you can't run up to them. You've got to wait for the fire to go out or you've got to like dash through the fire to get to the bombs, at which point you then end up surrounded by like three or four bombs and they're all mm-hmm. hitting you. And like you've got to tell your other compatriots like there's a, a way to trigger them to make them like fight more aggressively by tapping the left and right buttons on the D-pad. And then so you get them to like rush it, it's like it's a very elaborate fighting system that is, for me, not as enjoyable as Dark Souls because it it causes me to button mash. Mm-hmm. And and so I'm like I end up being 
I end up aggroing too many enemies, being surrounded by them, and then I just end up button mashing because I can't tell what the hell's going on. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's instead of, like, focusing on the technicality of, like, a Souls game, there's so much, there's, like, a breadth of knowledge that you need to know when you're bringing, when you're carrying in. And maybe it's a different story when you're playing with actual other people. Yeah, um, maybe. And, you know, you can maybe break the fight up a little bit differently, and, and that way you're not just relying on having to, you know, tell them to do what they need to do. But. I mean, I could see this being, like, you, that's the thing, is you don't really get to command the the AI of your mm-hmm. compatriots. Like, you, you kind of just can tell them to aggro more, or they just have, like, a normal setting. And so, like, yeah. I could see this being way more enjoyable with multiple people, especially if each of those people can manage their own gear. Yeah. Because like yep. like I was saying, like you're getting you're getting gear after every single encounter. It's like kind of loot heavy in a way that I don't find appealing mm-hmm. because it's overwhelming. So after every encounter, I was stopping and going into the menu to like check the gear and see who could I swap out new gear to and everything. The character design is awesome. Like they're some of the coolest looking characters. It is very Final Fantasy in all the mm-hmm. bright ways, but it's <laughs> different. It's different enough to be interesting, and, and I would love to play it with other people. I think I don't know if this is something I will buy when it launches. I may wait a little while, so I know there are certain people that I know who would be into playing it who, you know, like Zach, I think would love this game. Mm. Like, I, I feel like he would love it because it's Final Fantasy and it's Dark Souls-ish. That would be uh, interesting, yeah. But it would be fun as hell to play with him because he's someone who's very system-oriented, so he would get totally engrossed in all of the different things that you have to monitor and tweak and you know uh what is it all the meta the meta gaming yeah he would be into um but yeah it's very cool the environments are sweet looking like it's such a it's such a cool i mean you're in you're in like the main castle from like the first final fantasy for that mission and like uh it's like i was trying to like recall the layout of that castle, like having played it in the 2D top down sort of yeah. feel and being like, is this what it felt like in there? Like, was it, was there this area like that? Like I couldn't really remember. Um, there's a little, a couple little quirks with like, um, with like, uh, what do you call them? Your, your characters like boundary box where like, if like I, I walked into a room where there was a column that had like collapsed mm. and like cluttered the floor and you couldn't step over the column, even though it was like, clearly low enough that your character could have easily walked over it (laughs) yeah so very much like old games like that Mm -hmm. original final fantasy you couldn't just step over it you had to walk around this bullshit to get to where you needed to go um that's funny but it yeah there's there's little there's there's shortcuts and things that you get as you you know once you get to like this you know a certain area you're kicking a ladder down that'll help you get there like you you know it gets you to a save point so you can save and then go back up and then fight. Yeah, the and it is and, very much a campfire thing where yeah. if you touch that point, then it respawns. It the respawns all too, the enemies. So yep. And I felt like I was gaining levels like really fast, and you gain proficiency with your jobs the more you use the different abilities and stuff. And um, I actually kind of like the MP system where you like it's the break system from the Final Fantasy VII thing where you have to like break the enemy, and and once you break their stance, like you can then like you basically like, absorb them in a way. Yeah. So it's soulsy in that, but like not soulsy because you're not collecting souls. Like yeah. the yeah. souls are MP. Like it's basically you're collecting magic points by yeah, absorbing them. Yeah, and like continuing to do that like builds up your max yeah. gauge, right? Yeah. Yep. So it's. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Uh, it is coming out on 
all the modern consoles. PlayStation 4 and 5, Xbox Series X and S, and, and the uh, Xbox One. And it is coming out on PC, so um, I don't think Zach has a PS5 yet, but you might be able to cross-play. I don't know. I'm not sure if they're doing 4 and 5 cross-generation play, cross play or not. Yeah, I, I don't know what to expect, but it's it's... Again, it's interesting. It's different enough. It feels like Final Fantasy, like modern Final Fantasy. Um, if I hope it has like ties to the original one. I mean, it like you like it. As far as I'm concerned, it is it's, like it certainly seems tied. But I think it's like a different like the uh, your character's name is like Jack Garland or something like that, right? And no, Garland, Gar- Garland is like the the first enemy, like the first boss. Yeah, but I think the main character's name is Jack Garland, and I think he's like, like I, I don't know. I was reading through the Wikipedia article trying to parse through some of the stuff and understand exactly what's going on, but um, yeah, no, it's it does seem it's like super hokey and cheesy when you first get into that boss fight because they're like, we're here to fight chaos, yeah. and they all. So they they're all, it's like, it, they're dudes that clearly got suited up to go to a Limp Biscuit show, and they, like, roll in to fight this dude wearing, like, horned armor, and they're like, yeah, we're oh, here to man. fight Chaos, and the, the Chaos dude is like, Chaos isn't here, and then he's like, yeah, but we want to fight Chaos, and, like, there's this back and forth, and the one guy's like, we're the warriors of light, you know, and there's just, like, he's your one buddy who's just mouthing off to the dudes at the Limp Biscuit show, like, it, it's very, yeah, it, 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 it has this cheesiness to it that, like, I can't quite get into because i was just like ugh, like yeah it was a total cringe moment for me for some reason well here's the the premise according to wikipedia stranger of paradise final fantasy origin is set in a dark fantasy interpretation of the setting of the original final fantasy game with a group of people drawn into it from another world the main character is jack garland a man consumed by a need to destroy chaos he's accompanied by other companions including similar newcomers ash and jed and during the junior, uh, journey, faces a knight who has taken on the role of chaos. While seemingly the foretold warriors of light, each has doubts as to whether that is their role. So, it sounds like they're doing like a weird remix retelling of Final Fantasy One. Yeah, which I, it sounds that's, that's I think it's a cool idea. I'm curious to see how it plays out. So, cool. That's Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin Trial Demo Two. It would just like it would be cool to see. I'm curious to see what they do with like what if they're going to do anything with any of the other Final Fantasies, specifically like four and six, because those were the two big ones in America that like took off six, especially because I just I remember having friends that were obsessed with six Mm -hmm. and like obsessed to the point where like it's all they talked about, much like me and seven when seven finally came out. But yeah, um, like Trent, you remember Trent? Yeah. Trent was obsessed with Final Fantasy VI. Oh yeah, like, I mean, there we, are, every there time are... I'd spend the night at his house, that's all we do is play Final Fantasy VI because he couldn't get past like a certain area. But like, I just remember specifically six had really cool characters that had really cool abilities, like using mm-hmm. the espers and like the mech combat that you had in that game, and like the jump mechanisms and like all of that stuff was really cool. And it would be sweet to see what they do with those sorts of characters and things in a more modernized approach like they're doing with seven remake and strangers of paradise and that sort of shit. Like it would be really cool to see what happens with it. I would be, I would be very curious to see it. So, all right. 
Shall we get on with some news? Let's do it. Uh, Brian shared this article from Polygon. A new Star Wars game from Quantic Dream reportedly in the works. This is the studio that gave us Detroit Become Human, Heavy Rain, Beyond Two Souls, uh, an indigo prophecy back in the day. Um, I think this has pretty much been like confirmed at this point. Um, and I think I had heard that it is not so much being a Quantic Dream style game. It is just a new Star Wars game being made by Quantic Dream, which makes me a little more I intrigued. hope so. Because I don't really need to see Star Wars through David Cage's eyes. No, I'd be interested no. for some like droid domestic abuse. <laughs> <laughs> well, that then if I got great. a game for you, it's Detroit Become Human. <laughs> <I know>. uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I don't. I mean, I think it's cool that a lot of different people are getting to make Star Wars games, but uh, I, I don't know that I'm like chomping at the bit for Quantic Dream to make one. So I hope they don't base it here and muck it all up like they did with detroit you yeah. know yeah well i mean that's the way detroit is depicted and yeah like you never with, RoboCop with movie uh, when, when robocop goes over a bridge and we're all like why is he going to canada with global warming you never know man <laughs> because ferndale may end up having a port in it one day <laughs> that's true so true so true could be a spaceport even oh yeah we're all equally close to space right yep mass transit though that's a f- that's I think that's also fetched. not true, so I don't don't write in. Anyway, yeah, uh, more Activision Blizzard stuff with their investigation. The SEC is probing what they did. I think because uh, investors are probably very angry about all of the news that's going on. And then CEO Bobby Kotick has also been subpoenaed in the case. Um, I haven't been keeping too close an eye on this because there's just so much that I think continues coming out about it. Yeah, I'd much rather kind of hit the recap when it comes through, but um, you know, I hope hope this sets some sort of example as for like how companies should be handling this type of stuff. Because here's your case study and the way to not handle any of it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Bobby Kotick, of course, I think uh, famous for giving him large bonuses himself, large bonuses uh, in the pa- in the very recent past. They've also been going through all of their games and, like, replacing, like, assets in the game, like, with less offensive things. Like, they were replacing paintings in, like, World of Warcraft that were were of, like, big, busty, like, elf women, and they've been replacing them with, like, murals of, like, fruit and vegetables. Yeah. And stuff like that. I didn't hear about that. Yeah. Uh, I... I am seeing a story that they have settled with the uh, Federal Employment Agency for $18 million, which, uh, you know, oof, what a, what a what settlement. What does that do? Like, who, but, like um, they, they settle with the Federal Employment Agency for $18 million or whatever. Like, who gets that money? Like, where does it go? Does it, go uh, to, does it get so, dis- distributed is- to, like, victims of, like, the abuse or... Kotaku reporting here says uh, Activism, Activision Blizzard just put out a press release indicating that it has reached an agreement to settle. It states in part, quote, under the agreement, Activision Blizzard has committed to create an $18 million fund to compensate and make amends to eligible claimants. Any amounts not used for claimants will be divided between charities that advance women in, video, in the video game industry or promote awareness around harassment and gender equality issues as well as company diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives as approved by the EEOC. 
The agreement is subject to court approval. Uh, the release also includes a statement from Bobby Kotick. Quote, there is no place anywhere at our company for discrimination, harassment, or unequal treatment of any kind. And I am grateful to the employees who bravely shared their experiences. I'm sorry that anyone had to experience inappropriate conduct. And I remain unwavering in my commitment to make Activision Blizzard one of the world's most inclusive, respective, and respected and respectful workplaces. Good luck, Bobby. That's what they all say. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I don't know. Uh, fuck Activision Blizzard. All I have to say. I don't really like any of your games anymore anyway. <laughs> um, lots of Nintendo news that mostly came out of the Nintendo Direct, one of which is that Chris Pratt is going to voice Mario in the new Super Mario Brothers movie. Alongside Anya Taylor-Joy as Peach, Charlie Day as Luigi, Jack Black as Bowser, Keegan-Michael Key as Toad, Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. And there's also voices, including Kevin Michael Richardson as Kamek, Fred Armisen as Cranky Kong, and Sebastian <laughs> Maniscalco. Maniscalco. Maniscalco will voice, will voice Foreman Spike. And then Charles Martinet will have a series of featured cameos in the movie. Um, I'm intrigued to see what this movie is. There's a lot of rumblings of like people assuming it's going to be kind of like Jumanji-ish, the more recent Jumanji, where like... They're avatars. Yes, um, but like, like Chris Pratt is actually playing himself, sitting on a couch playing a Nintendo Switch. Yes, and then he gets uh, sucked, sucked into the game, and he's like, "Oh my God, I'm Mario!" Yeah, those those are the those that that's the rumor. I don't know if that's people hoping that because otherwise they're like, "Why the fuck would you hire Chris Pratt for this?" But like, I don't know. So there's a lot. Like the internet went insane after this. Yeah, and there's well, a lot of great Duncan going on on Twitter because the, th- the it's thing hilarious. is like. I think everybody, I, everyone's fear is that it's going to be like Sonic, <laughs> maybe, or something. Sonic was like, great. I loved w- Sonic. Sonic was wasn't as, at first, but it, it became oh, great yeah. after all the backlash. Yes. But what I'm, what I'm saying is, like, people have that fear of, like, this thing that they love so much is going to get somehow, like, ruined or shit upon. And so they're they're just scared of that. But I think everyone needs to understand that Nintendo doesn't gamble with their properties really well they don't anymore because they made a super mario brothers movie with bob hoskins and john leguizamo (laughs) as the mario brothers that's they learned their lesson for at least 30 years so maybe they've unlearned the lesson my point being is like i think at this at this point in time they probably have a much better idea of what they're trying to do Especially yeah. considering, because like they're partnered with Universal, right? Like that's the whole thing. Is like, yeah, they're uh, they're making the movie with Illumina- Illum- Illumination Entertainment, who did the um, who did the the uh, Minions movies, and you know the Despicable Me that stuff. So they they know how to make movies that kids enjoy. Yeah, for sure. Operative and, term being know. kids. Like, I yes. think these adults that are getting their panties in a bunch over this need to chill the fuck out because it's yeah, not I, that deep. I couldn't care any less. Like, I enjoyed Chris Pratt on Parks and Rec, and I think there are people that uh, enjoy him as Star-Lord and there's other people that don't. But, like, I don't know. They keep trying to make him be, like, Jurassic Park lead, and he's in two of those movies, but they're both bad. And so, like... But is that his fault? I don't know. Partly, but it's also, I don't know, it's not, it's, to me, it's him trying to be something that he's not, I don't know, I haven't seen the Tomorrow War on Amazon Prime or any of that stuff that he's done. 
Yeah, I mean, right? I guess like no. I mean, I see it as but. he's he's like he got he got typecasted into being like the dumb dumb, and now he's trying to be the action star. I get it, and it's not working. So stop. Well, but I think he's also, trying to he's probably trying to find that happy medium of being like the sure. action star and the dumb dumb or like the the funny action star. He he can't mm-hmm. be Ryan Reynolds as much as he's going to try to. Like it just yeah. won't. Yeah, unless I, he I did, unless he somehow takes over Deadpool, like it just won't. <laughs> I did really enjoy him as Emmett in the Lego movie, so who knows? Maybe maybe he'll be great, but I don't know. It's it makes me more curious about what they're actually doing with this anyway. So, uh we'll see. Um, let's run through real quick. Nintendo Direct, I'm just going to pick kind of the big things. The Mario movie casting was one thing. Um, Nintendo's doing a Nintendo Switch Online expansion pack that will include N64 and Sega Genesis games, but it is going to be some sort of upcharge from your current Nintendo Switch Online subscription. I'm not Um, even subscribed to the normal one anymore. Yeah, so there's currently NES and Super NES games on there. They're going to add a bunch of N64 and Sega Genesis games that could have online play. Like, you might be able to play Mario Kart 64 online uh, with friends, which would be pretty cool. A cool thing to add with this type of stuff. They're also going to be selling for $50 uh, Nintendo 64 and Sega Genesis controllers. and Wireless versions. Yes, wireless versions of them, which is cool. However... Um, the Sega Genesis controller coming to the United States is the three button controller. Meanwhile, uh, Japan and other regions will be getting the six button, which is very sad. And, uh, uh, you know, but it is what it is. So, uh, just go to, um, eight bit dough and buy the six button one wirelessly and, and yeah. have a better time with it. With the, uh, yeah. Definitely. With the USB adapter that'll work on your PC instead anyway. So, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's cool. Uh, new Kirby game is coming. It's post-apocalyptic. Um, so that's interesting. (laughs) Very cheerful. Yeah. Bayonetta fans are very happy that Bayonetta 3 made an appearance and it will be coming out in 2022. Um, so that's cool. There's another Monster Hunter Rise game. Uh, it's a paid DLC expansion for the recent Monster Hunter Rise game. So that's cool. Showed some Splatoon 3. They just announced yeah. Monster Hunter Rise is coming to PC too, didn't they? I think so. I think so. Yeah. Um, there's a ch- uh, Chocobo Racing game that's coming Ooh. as well. Hmm. Um, like the games that they used to put out back in the day on like the PlayStation One. Um, Project Triangle Strategy has become just Triangle Strategy in uh, Square Enix's current uh, mode of operations where they call something by a code name and then just make it the real name like with <laughs> traveler using the same font too yes yeah so Bravely uh, that game, it's all that the game same cool. john did you play some of this i, I played the demo you tried it out or I, not. I played yeah. the demo it, it's just it's i don't know it's why i couldn't get tactics. into it. it it it's just not yeah it's not final fantasy tactics so i just don't care yeah that's fair I guess it's triangle uh, strategy. It is triangle strategy. Yeah, it's yeah. It's no what longer is a the triangle strategy like? There, there's it like to, it's not a square. It's the it it has to do with like the typical like fire emblem weapon triangle. I think it's the idea. Oh, is my understanding? Was yeah, that I right, don't. John? I don't remember. I yeah. thought it was either that or something where you can actually have characters influence each other like on the battlefield in like a triangular formation or some or like you can have like multiple attack things you know like sweet the code head, like the combos big love triangle and it's about hey. the strategy of navigating <laughs> the love triangle 
I was just going to make that joke. <laughs> it beat uh, me to it. That's coming March 4th, 2022. Um, the ActRaiser stands came out of the woodwork this week because there's a Super Nintendo game called ActRaiser that a lot of people really love, apparently. It was one of Andy's now, favorite games. I didn't know Andy liked it. I knew Tom liked it. He's like, I remember seeing him playing it on our computer at our house at one point. But anyway, uh, Act Razor Renaissance is a remaster slash remake of this game in HD. Uh, apparently, it adds some like tower defense stuff to the game and like the world building stuff. Um, but anyway, that's out now. You can check it out. Dying Light 2 will receive a cloud version on the Switch, along with uh, the original game, I think, which is out uh, this month. Hmm. Um, there's a cloud version that people can play as well. So, free demos available for those, I believe, so you can make sure that your internet can handle it. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know if there's anything else that we really need to touch on. Disco Elysium is finally making it to the Switch, which is cool. Oh, yeah. The non-remake of Knights of the Old Republic will be there as well. We already talked about the Castlevania Advance Collection. There's a Shadowrun trilogy, which I think might be exciting to some people, uh, is going to make its way to the Switch in 2022, so that's cool as well. Cool. All right. Uh, a couple more things here. John, you posted this. IGN had a big poll. Six rounds of voting across several platforms. IGN readers have crowned God of War as the best video game of all time. This is the 2018 uh, God of War beating out GTA 5 in the final round. I don't even um, think GTA 5 belongs there. Yeah, I agree. But I also I don't think God of War is the greatest video game of all time. It's pretty good. I don't think it's the greatest yeah. game of all time. It doesn't Agreed. make me it I mean, if Grand Theft Auto 5 won, I'd be like like more disappointed in the poll. Like the fact that it's God of War, it's actually a good video game at the top. That's good. I like that. But like, yeah, I don't know. It's, I think we're, we're now old enough where we're principal Skinner asking if it's the kids that are wrong or if it's me and no, it's the kids. Yeah. No, I mean, that's the thing. Like if, if you think about it, like God of war that came out in 2018, it's gonna in 10 years, 10 years from now, people are going to be like, Oh man, the game looks terrible. (laughs) But I, well, but, but hold on, let me finish. When you look at Final Fantasy, I'm sorry, not Final. When you look at Castlevania Symphony of the Night, which is the greatest <laughs> video game of all time, that game is over twenty something years old at this point, and I had never once complained about the graphics and the way it plays. It still looks and plays exactly the way it should. It is perfect in every way, shape, and form. It is a timeless game. Still a work of art. Absolutely. And God of War, not that it is no work of art, because it is, because we've all determined that video games are art, in fact. But I don't think it's going to be as timeless of a game as something like Symphony of the Night. I like. I feel like this best video game of all time bracket is kind of ridiculous, but also like, um, you know, like if you told me God of War was the game of that generation, sure. I mean, probably, maybe. No. Is it because I mean, it, it should is, be like just Controller it, Hades, honestly? But because it didn't cause as much uh, turmoil on the internet as Last of Us Two. Is that- is that what well, makes it, it kind of like- did? It was funny. I saw after this poll came out, Jeff Kanata tweeted about it because he made some sort of pretty uh, 
a dicey comparison to the last of us two yes yeah but i'm talking about god of war when god when god of war was coming like before it came out he made a tweet that was very high in its praise on god of war and people were like are you serious and now people are like yeah it's the best video game of all time so he's like i'm glad people are coming around (laughs) he's like told you so (laughs) yeah so no good good for good for jeff canada because i think that validation uh it's finally coming through yeah but um all right blue point has finally actually been purchased by playstation and sony uh which is cool these are the people who have made uh they made demon souls for the playstation 5 and uh and they also did um the shadow of the colossus remake as well glad to see them coming to the playstation family the rumor for a long time was there was a metal gear remake coming from them Sounds like that's not true. Supposedly the next thing they're working on is going to be more original. But on the topic of that Metal Gear remake, uh, Video Games Chronicle reporting that Konami is set to revive Metal Gear, Castlevania, and Silent Hill. Um, This was very exciting news to me. Um, It was very sad when Konami decided that it was not going to... That it was turning its focus to pachinko machines. (laughs) Yeah. solely pachinko machines tripling down its efforts on pachinko machines um but uh it sounds like um they're they're actually gonna maybe turn it around and start to do some stuff with their games which is great like when i booted up the castlevania advance collection on the switch and the konami logo filled the screen i was like delighted because i feel like i miss seeing that konami name on video games yeah um so this Video Games Chronicle article is saying that developer Virtuous is potentially uh, working on that Metal Gear Solid remake. Um, they're the people who ported Dark Souls, The Outer Worlds, the Bioshock collection to Switch. And they've also done some work on Battlefield 1, Uncharted 4, and Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, so that's cool. But yeah, Metal Gear. Love to see more Metal Gear. Uh, interesting to see more Silent Hill. I think if it's not Silent Hills and it's not Kojima, the internet's going to riot, but, you know, take what you can get. Uh, but Konami coming back from the video game dead, very cool. I mean, Konami allowing Kojima to do a Silent Hills game through Kojima Productions and then just publishing it on their on their behalf, I think would be okay. They if should. they were smart, they, they would do something like won't. that. Like, that, that would be, like, the perfect... That would get them back on the map for sure, because yeah. they've fallen off pretty hard, you know. I so think it, it would be the biggest make good in the world, and it would be very interesting. But I would be surprised if they weren't having that conversation at least. I, there's been like rumors of it, but I don't. Yeah, I, who knows what's actually true? I think it'd be really funny if, um, you know, they make this announcement that they're coming back, and then they're like, "Uh, PT now available on all platforms." for $60 and it's just the the demo that they took off the PlayStation store. I think that'd be very funny. But uh let's see. But I'm excited about this cuz I think Castlevania Symphony of the Night, I would love to see a remaster of that or remake or yeah, whatever. Y- like just y- I love as long as I still have access to the old one somehow. Mm-hmm. But then give me like I just like that particular realm of Castlevania and the character set Alucard being mm-hmm. like the best Castlevania character ever made and the art like direction of that series of games is so good you're uh I want to put it on the record your idea was that like Castlevania could come back in some souls like form which I absolutely. think is absolutely possible 
it would be a, uh, an interesting direction for them to go with it. So. I mean, that's the thing is they wouldn't even really have to change much in terms of like the mechanics of like Castlevania in general, because you instead of like collecting souls, you could be collecting hearts from the enemies and using the hearts to like use your sub weapon like you do in the actual game. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be mm-hmm. souls, but just the aesthetic of like Bloodborne and Dark Souls applied to the Castlevania universe would be ridiculously cool mm-hmm. and beautiful and I can just like I can picture in my head like the physics of like the outfits from like Bloodborne with like the physics of Alucard's cape and his hair and like just the animations being like really smooth and clean and cool like imagine having the Chrysogrim in 3D and like being able to dice up an enemy like in like watching oh, yeah. an enemy just get fucking diced to shreds on screen by that sword and then Alucard's covered in blood would just like <laughs> it just makes me feel so many things and I want it like I want it bad and it would be so sick don't so, disappoint us I don't I don't know how they would do like a dark soulsy like open world with the castle because the castle is a confined space you know yeah. Un- unless it's literally just so fucking big I mean, if you think about it, so, like, the intro corridor that you run through in the very beginning of Symphony of the Night, like, that is a long fucking corridor. Like, if they actually mm. made it to scale in, in 3D a 3D, space, yeah, like, like, it would be insane. Why is, why is this so big? <laughs> but I, I'll take it. I'm fine with Yeah, that. maybe maybe Dracula's castle is just that fucking big. Oh, and we'll just wait. There's another one upside down in the clouds for when you're done with this one. <laughs> you know, like, it would just, it would be so good. That'd be awesome. Oh, the upside down castle's a $45 DLC. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> fine take my money yeah so welcome back konami i hope i hope this report is completely accurate and uh very true one final story amazon's new world is out of beta and it is still killing 3090s apparently and other rtx cards uh so please be careful if you're checking out amazon's new mmorpg with your new gpu because um it's it's destroying them um the original issue was because the there was no frame rate limiter on the game menu and it was just making the the games the the cards whirl out of control <laughs> just roasting it in the menu, on the menu. <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. um but oh. that has been fixed but there's something else going wrong yo so, they just added luck. some sick games to fucking game pass marvel's avengers is on there scarlet mm-hmm. nexus is on there oh, there you man. go Marvel's Avengers it might be worth playing if you don't have to pay anymore. Yeah, no, I would. So. I'll. I want to check that out for sure. The only sure? reason I was looking at this because you were talking MMORPGs, and I was thinking about how a while back we had discussed like just playing whatever the hell we want to play, and not necessarily mm-hmm. like playing what the next best thing is. And I was like, I kind of feel like I need an MMO, and I was thinking about doing Elder Scrolls Online again, just for well, shit. Don't but. don't do New World. Yeah, no, I it's definitely not doing New World. I feel like an MMO is the absolute worst use of your limited gaming free time. Like, that's something you need to just devote a ton of time to. It's kind of an all-encompassing lifestyle for video gaming. I mean, I guess. (laughs) All right, well, it's time for (laughs) Deathloop spoilers. We're running pretty long here. Yeah. Uh, So if you don't want to be spoiled on Deathloop, please exit here. Um, I'll, I guess I'll just keep streaming on Twitch. It is in the title of the episode. So, um, also nobody's watching. Yeah, that true. That too. 
Um, so Brian, you and I both finished Deathloop in the last couple weeks here. Um, yes. And so we wanted to talk about it in kind of a non-spoilery situation. Um, what you are your thoughts? I've been talking a lot. Situation? Yes, in, a, in a very spoilery situation. <laughs> so Brian, what what were your thoughts on kind of the ending Deathloop and, and that, uh, the progression of the game? Well, um, the ending is pretty weak, honestly. Hmm. Um, what, what choice did you make? Can I ask? So I didn't make a choice. Basically. Uh, I, I, I made the choice to not kill not myself or Juliana. Okay. Apparently those are the other two choices you can make. Yeah. So there's three choices, three, three potential choices in the end. Um, um, yeah. what did you do? I, I killed Juliana. Okay. And then subsequently killed myself. Cause that's the only way that you can actually end the loop. Um, and so I was like, I'm going to commit and see it. Even though you learn things like the fact that Juliana is Colt's daughter. Um, yes. You know, uh, I, I was no, I'm like, just yeah, I was <laughs> like, I, I'm going to, I'm going to commit to it. Cause that's what Colt was here to do. Right. And yeah. so, so I did that and you know, the, and I think the ending is fine and, and it very much um, kind of plays out how you would, think it would go like what when you when you uh woke up the next time what happened like did you hear more from juliana or not um she's just like on the beach as well and like you guys have a little kind of like more playful banter it's like they're kind of giving being a like dysfunctional family a shot okay um and and then the loop, it just, the day continues, you know? Yeah. It just so, starts all over again. So, like, but you what might I will... not be killing Juliana anymore. <laughs> well, you, you are, because just... that's how the game works. <laughs> if you're going to continue playing it, right? But... Yeah, well, yeah, there's a lot of mysteries as far as the whole story goes in general. Like, what happened to the mother and why, yeah, people's memories fade and their theirs don't like Juliana's and Colt's but Colt's memory is clearly faded on some issues like you know being a father and yeah like you do you do learn throughout the game that like this is actually Colt's second time back on the loop I think is yeah. my understanding and like you know I think you end up making inferences of like maybe he came back because he knew Juliana was his daughter and wanted to get her out of the loop. But I don't really know. Like, it doesn't connect a lot of those dots. And I'm not sure if you continue playing the game whether or not it connects those dots. Do you know if that's the case? I don't think so. But, I mean, I was trying to read up on it a little bit so I could better explain things, but uh, I kind of failed on that I'm aspect. sure there's, I, like... I can't really explain a lot of the stuff in the game, but... I also ultimately it's not that important to me. Like yeah. I do I do feel like this is for Arcane this is by far their weakest outing as far as story goes, but from That's a gameplay perspective <laughs> it is very interesting. It um I'm not saying I necessarily like it better, but it's it's different and uh like the whole groundhog's day kind of scenario some it, it literally made me feel like I was experiencing like the movie because I'd have this fatigue <laughs> from it sometimes where I would just have a bad run and I would just die prematurely like 
you know, first, like in the morning, because the game plays out morning, you know, noon, afternoon, evening Mm -hmm. are the four levels basically, but you get to choose where to go. And um, yeah, I would just like fuck up because I I was like becoming disinterested in the whole loop. And, Mm -hmm. but then something would spark my interest. Like I'd find a new discovery and I would just like keep playing through. And um, eventually I was just like, I am kind of sick of this, but I need to see what happens. And I just pushed myself to finally finish. Plus, uh, I mean, you know, because I was talking to you that I kind of got stuck at one point. Yeah. And it's basically like I was doing everything right. I just wasn't doing it in the exact way the game wanted me to do it, I feel. So it wasn't uh, giving me the final solution to finishing the game. Well, and the thing that I'm curious about is like, if you, because it seemed like maybe on that time when you thought it was going to be a last run, you might have just missed, you you missed the Igor thing, right? You You didn't. Well, no, I knew about that. I had discovered that hours earlier in playing, but I had kind of forgotten, as Colt does, (laughs) because I had just been busy finishing other leads. Yeah. So, but but like what I'm saying is like you had a run where you thought it was going to be the end. Yeah. But you but Igor wasn't over there, and it turned out that it was because you you didn't. You spent your noon doing something else when you should have been turning off that machine or whatever but anyway here's the thing though like if you finish the alexis lead it will tell you at noon you are supposed to fuck up igor's day yes if you don't finish the other lead that lead it doesn't tell you yep which they're not really related so it's kind of bullshit i consider it a flaw in the whole setup i think it's a flaw in the setup but the idea it like i think you're using the visionary leads kind of weird like the whole point of the visionary lead is to tell you how to like like once you finish out all the visionary leads you figure out where what you need to do to take care of that person in the final run so then once you've done all of those it opens up that final lead where you can track everything but it's not like you couldn't take all the information from all of those leads and figure it out on your own if you wanted to like, yeah, you know that um, Harriet's only going to be in the morning and you know that when Harriet is there in the morning, you can also take care of Frank at the same time. Mm-hmm. And those are just things that you learn if you go through those leads. So, like, I think you had all the pieces there and I'm curious if you would have been able to do that final run without finishing the Alexis thing. It's quite anyway, possible. And I, I bet you probably could have. But, yeah, it's just the game won't use its... Um, the game won't use the notifications about like your path yeah to tell you what to do you'd have to do it all kind of manually like i kept doing the like sabotaging the fireworks thing for frank in the morning all the time anyways even though it wasn't telling me to do that yeah but i got to say like my last run through aside from an extremely sketchy attempt at harriet <laughs> um went super smooth like i actually did the uh the part with uh um charlie and fia i drowned them in the in their like lair without even being discovered and i got out without dying in there which i had done several times too yeah i think i did die in there but then they died anyway and i still had my reprise so i was like okay yeah just leave 
that's what I had done in previous attempts. But uh, uh-huh. um, the Harriet one is I. It's so hard. I like accidentally stealthed my way through it once, but mm-hmm. like for the most part, the only way I can see to get in there is it's near impossible to not be seen, even with invisibility. Like I think there's two things that you can do. One of them that I would always do is if you do fight your way through the hangar that's on the side, yeah, like in the one normal entrance that there is to get in there, it's possible to teleport with the long range up on top of the beams and then teleport into the room that has the laser beams without tripping those mines. Mm. And then you can get in there, killer, and take care of it. The other thing is I think there's a perk somewhere that you can get that makes you invulnerable to the gas. So I think oh, you'd yeah, be able to is. crawl into the vent through that and then go like if you're able to get into the gas, I think there's a stairwell all the way up to the top of her well, area. What I would do is you could enter through the maintenance shaft if you had or the maintenance like Yeah, it it is like a maintenance shaft, but there's like a code for that room and you, you, you so you enter through the other hangar oh, yeah, I and never you go underneath mm-hmm. and you come out and if you go to the left, there's like a door that's like barely open. So you can theoretically, you should be able to just crouch walk under it, but I kept getting stuck. Mm. And so like sliding under it worked best, but that would attract a bunch of attention because as soon as you come out of that vent, you're facing a bunch of enemies. Yeah. So that's why I was trying to like become invisible and then slide my ass under the hmm. door. And I had like all my mods, like my uh, like perks set up to where I had like full full power and all this stuff. So that way I could do invisibility longer and shit. But yeah. I fucked up and I used a little bit too much. So I had to like un like become visible before getting under the door. And then everybody just freaked out mm. and it was just a bloodbath. But it worked. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, th- I never got the code to get into that maintenance shaft, so I, it, I never made it through there. It's very cool, because if you can do, like, what I said and somehow not get discovered, if you, you can get in there and you can flick a switch that makes the gas level go up and kill yep. almost everybody in that room. Mm-hmm. Um, there, It is cool. I mean, there's definitely different ways to go about things it is a bummer that there's only one specific solution way to like line up the day but i mean that yeah. kind of makes sense too like there's only so much they can put well, in this they, game like, as far the, as possibilities go you find out in the first hour and a half of the game that like they've been specifically instructed to stay apart so like the idea that like yeah. you could get literally everyone together it makes sense that it wouldn't happen because some people are going to follow the rules, but most of them turns out do not, which is, you know, interesting. Yeah. It is satisfying that you get a bunch of them together at multiple times a day though. So you can just kind of take care of them at once. I did. Um, I, I, I enjoy with the story that's there. The idea that like they've started this time loop because the world itself has been kind of destroyed by you know climate change or whatever have you maybe it's a nuclear winter or whatever but they have this small island where time repeats itself i think that's kind of fun and and interesting and i I like that conceit and to me like when i got to the end of the ending of the game like i killed juliana and she very much is like if you kill me i'm I, i hate you i'm gonna come up to you on that beach and murder you and so like the ending that you get there like you wake up the next day 
the landscape looks completely different because everything's like destroyed basically. Oh. And then she points a gun at your head, decides not to kill you and walks away. And so like mm. it's uh I think the, you know, for for me the motivation was like don't be in this time loop, live an actual life, but then you kind of are like, well, you can't really live a life because the world is destroyed. And I think that's kind of interesting. So I like that your ending is actually kind of the happier one of like, yeah, we can actually kind of be a family-ish. Yeah. Um, So, But, I mean, that's all weird, too, because there's moments where, like, Colt, I mean, from the get-go, at the very beginning of the game, he's like, did I date you at some point? Yes. And there's just a lot of weirdness in there relationship as a family or whatever but uh i guess with the way people's memories are and such it's forgivable but it's just fucking weird that and the thing is is that that like i don't know the reveal of her being his daughter for me i don't feel like i ever found a piece of information that really tipped me off i think i just started a loop one day where he was kind of like you're my daughter aren't you and I feel like it came out of nowhere. So I don't know if you felt that way too, or if you uh, found something in the world that. Told th- I you. did find something, yeah. Okay. So I'm not. I feel like I remember finding stuff about, like, you know, Colt having this woman. Obviously, you run into another Colt that's like, here's this recording of this girl that we love or whatever. And you end up finding stuff about her being pregnant. But I don't think I ever fully connected a dot or picked something up that spelled out, like, yeah, Juliana's your daughter. And then. I think the main uh, clue to that comes when you fully unlock the the room with the um, ship in it that you take to get to the the loop controls. Okay, at the very end of the game, yeah. Um, That whole thing like threw me for a loop (laughs) because I didn't expect (laughs) that part. Like I I didn't expect to have to go through all that. Like turning on the 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 uh the power, power and the complex yeah. and rerouting it to all the different areas. You could actually do that all in one day if you don't accidentally destroy one of those generators. <laughs> yeah. But which is very easy to do. Booby trapped. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I only I, did that right once and at that point it didn't even matter because I had already gotten one of the codes the previous days. Mm-hmm. Um there's like so many uh like hidden like I don't know, doors and stuff that I didn't figure out how to open or like think scenarios to get through. Like, did you find the guy that is remembers you and he's like really pissed off and he locks you in a room and you die from gas? No. And that ends the loop because, yeah. Yeah, because he dies. Well, I can. No. If you have reprise, I guess you're okay. But Oh, okay. You can't get back in to get to your body. So that's really annoying. Sucks. Um, No, I didn't. I didn't run into that. Like. And one of the things that kind of made me okay with, like, I'm going to finish this and then maybe not come back to it or come back to it later if they do DLC or something like that, which who knows. But um, the there's one there's a there's a safe that's underneath up them. Yep. I couldn't and, figure that out either. Like, yeah, I, I found like numbers near walls and things and I tried different combinations and it never really worked. And I was like, how does this even work? So then I looked up an article at it and it's like. You need to go and find all these things, and then all it does is give you, like, 5,000 residuum or something like that. And so that kind of made me feel like, yeah, there's a lot of little mysteries here, but, like, if it's not on the critical path, it sounds like it might not even be worth it. Like, I was expecting there to be, like, a sweet weapon or something like that. Well, I... That... Yeah. I mean, I 
thought I had all of the like orange tier weapons and yeah. I don't. There's another one that I didn't get that you can only I don't even remember how to get it. I think Frank has it mm. somewhere in his complex. Okay. But um there's Is like it the a lot one of, with the two clips. The gun that has two clips in it that It's some kind of shotgun, I think. Oh, okay. No, there's a shotgun that you can get because Charlie puts, like, boxes out into the world that can... I don't know. There's mm. all kinds of ridiculous stuff. But, no, I mean, I really enjoyed a lot of it. And um, it felt like I could finally see the... Not that I didn't know, but, like, just the... The Dishonored games never really worked for me in the way that they, like, incentivize not killing people. Mm-hmm. And by like the design of Deathloop releasing you from the idea that you're going to ruin a run or anything because things went bad, I think really worked for me. Because eventually I could just embrace the fact that like, okay, well, I guess I have to kill everybody now. And if for some reason I die, then I can even skip through the parts of the day to get back to where I was for the most part to do what I wanted to do unless there were things yeah. that I needed to do earlier in the day to make them happen. So like... I get I get your complaint about like it feeling like the same thing every time, but for me for some reason I feel like I didn't like die die that often, luckily, and it didn't really like set me back too much because I was always trying to like find something new that I could do in each day mm-hmm. with whatever time slot that I had and the information that I knew. And I thought that that was kind of cool. Like just being like, okay, you know, this loop wasn't a waste because I was able to figure out these things or I was able to pick up more of the perks for the different slabs or, you know, anything like that. So like, I, I feel like I really appreciate the game design of at least kind of like making it feel like you could do useful things on a run even if you're not like, you know, solving a visionary lead or something by the end of it. Or, you know, like, like you said, blowing up the generators on the one. I was like, well... I got two out of the three passwords, so I'm going to have to go back and energize the place that I didn't energize, but, you know, at least I could go and do some other stuff instead of, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I feel like I oftentimes spent more times in the location than the game really wanted you to, because I would get to the point where I messed something up and then I had to kill everybody, and then I was like, well, I might as well look all over the place, and... The fact that the information of the game is so spread out really kind of makes that not matter because usually you need to get more information at a different time of day or at another location anyway Mm -hmm. in order to solve most of those little puzzles in the first place. So, you know, I think it it was it was it's just interesting. and, And I think I really like the way that a lot of it worked. And, you know, I'm I'm glad that I checked it out. Yeah. Um. I think overall, it, most of it works pretty well, but like gameplay wise, yeah. That that my only like real gripe would be, I felt like this the the level of uh, alertness of the enemies was just very uh, unpredictable mm-hmm. compared to Dishonored games. Like it was it was more obvious when you were undetectable in those games. Yeah, and in. This one, it's like you could be crouched and like a mile away from somebody and they'd suddenly start spotting you. Mm-hmm. Or they have like absurd peripheral vision, like one of their eyeballs is hanging out sideways or something. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. So that, that kind of bugged me because that, 
I was trying to be sneaky a lot of times, but like when you, when shit hits the fan and you do have to go nuts, the game actually feels really good, which mm-hmm. Dishonored was a little uneven in that regards. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's cool. I did de- like, there's a few other things I was curious. Like, did you do, I wonder if the trivia game has like a decent reward. I never finished that. No. Cause it's tedious. It does not have a decent reward. I figured. Um, and then there's the, there's a door with three passcodes and up dam. Yeah. I never gotten there. I could only get one of the codes. I got one of the codes. I know how it works. Um, cause basically if you go to up dam in the morning, you can click the button that makes it so that the smoke game that they play leaves a different person alive. Oh, and then because they're alive, they make it home to the freestead rock. And they will have a note out with their password or something. Okay. So you can go and collect the other passwords that way. But I I don't know what's behind that door. That's pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah. I need to find out, I think. I would like to go back to it at some point, I think. But, like, yeah, I'm curious to see if they do some DLC or... It would probably be something standalone would be my guess, because that's kind of how those guys work. Yeah. But, um... And I feel like it'd be kind of hard to, like, incorporate something into the way that this game works already, but... Who knows? It'll be interesting to see. Well, Prey for... uh, Yeah, Moon Crash. Yeah, Prey has Moon Crash, which is standalone. And it's like a repeatable kind of... uh, It's kind of like the genesis of this idea. Yeah, I think think so. I don't have that one. I wish I did. The original Dishonored's expansions were just part of the game, like DLC for the game. And they were story expansions. Like, you'd play it... Uh, I think in one of them you play a different assassin that okay. you encounter in the game, like in, in the original game. So that's cool. Um, and then, uh, yeah, Death of the Outsider is like a standalone expansion to yeah. Dishonored 2, which that I, th- I feel like that one would probably be the most satisfying for you to play if you played any of them. It might be a little confusing story-wise, but probably not. Um because that one does not really penalize you for like going too far into chaos like the other games do. Okay. I'll have to keep an eye out for that. I'm sure it goes on sale every once in a while. Or yeah. it's probably on uh is it on Game Pass maybe? Uh yeah, actually. It okay. should. Maybe should I can be. Check it out there. Any other final thoughts? Um no, good. All right. Cool. All right. Welcome back, John. If you want to follow us on social media or see other places you can listen to or watch the show, check out MidwestGameNerds.com slash links. The Midwest Podcast Network now has a Patreon. The Patreon is bent to benefit all the shows on the network. You can subscribe for as little as $1 a month and help keep our shows alive and well. Check it out at mpn.bz slash Patreon. Thanks again to Jason K, Tom Z, Chris K, and Alan K for the contributions. One of the perks of joining the Patreon is you get early access to our bonus episodes that we call Side Quests. We're going to record one of those right now after we finish wrapping this up. Uh, and We're going to talk about uh, Cheeseburger Paper and beverages subscriptions and subscription services and all kinds of other stuff uh, just off topic nonsense that you probably will enjoy if you check it out uh, as always we do appreciate your feedback which you can send to midwestgamers at gmail.com and don't forget to follow us on twitch as well as rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher i don't know what we're talking about next um metroid metroid and what else is coming There's out? a new metroid game when's far cry come coming out, out brian is that next week 
yeah. Yeah, no Far Cry and Far Cry 6. There's a new Metroid. And a new Metroid game. It's the first new Metroid game in like since 10 Metroid years. Metroid Fusion. It's been 18 years. 18, really? 18 years. The Wii is and that it's old? It's not a remake or other M doesn't count. Nobody wanted that. <laughs> I guess that's I guess that's eleven years in this case. So Metroid but, and Far but, Cry, probably. Yeah, and I, since uh, Brian has maybe relinquished his Switch OLED model pre-order, um, I may or may not keep it and could potentially talk about it. There you go. I'm deciding about that. It's in sexy white. It is. That's but the actual color the only, that Nintendo named yeah. it. Sexy yep. white. Nin- Nintendo mm-hmm. Switch parentheses OLED model colon sexy white is I believe <laughs> what's on the box. But um, sa- yeah, I, I the only bad thing is that it would be the only white console in my living room since I have uh, the blackout panels for the PlayStation. Just 5. put the white sides back on. No. Just strap your white PlayStation panels to the sides of it. Hey, I have a, a white 360 on this uh, shelf behind me. You could just put up there. I so have doesn't John's broken one as well. I could throw that one up there, but I don't... <laughs> Mine still works, I believe. That's good. Anyway. It was like my third or fourth one, but whatever. Yeah. So anyways, look forward to that next time on the Midwest Game Nerds Podcast. We will see you then. Peace. Peace.